I'm Dave the Clone from the Hollow Nine Network. Podcasts like What Am I Watching, the Stranger Things podcast, or even Dojo Nine. But tonight, you're in tuned for just conversation. Warning. This program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Just Conversation Podcast. This is the show where I speak to incredibly fascinating people in an open format of sorts. You know, anything goes. As you guys know, we usually have the uh, introduction that is now strictly attached to rambling. And uh, the shows are officially ripped apart into two pieces that exist on the same feed. And now you just hear my voice solely, and there's going to be no talky-talky as, um, I don't even remember who the fuck uh, says that. No talky-talky after the show. I don't remember. I think it was from Risk. I just stole that from some podcast. Whatever the case might be. So yeah, now you just hear my voice for a very brief moment. No lengthy conversation of any sort. And then uh, we hear the guest. And today's guest is a, I mean, you guys read the name. It's, it's, it's the favorite guest. Everybody jumps in to listen to him the most. His episodes do the best. He's the funnest guest. He's the most entertaining person to talk to. He has... He matches my level of energy. It's Dave the Clone. We're going to have a great conversation. It's always, ah, I love having this guy on. I know you guys love hearing him, but there's no way you guys enjoy listening to him as much as I enjoy being able to customize how I'm speaking to this guy based on what he says. There's a beautiful privilege to that. There's some, it's, I don't know, it's perfect, man. He was meant to be in front of a microphone having conversations. That is his purpose, and he does it well, and he is fun to talk to, and one of my favorite people, one of the earliest guests, the longest-running guest. Uh, you guys definitely love him. You always tune in for him in mass. Anytime he's around, you guys are around for him, and I know he appreciates that. And uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. It is always great to have Dave here. And, uh, you know, just enjoy the conversation as usual. And from now on, the Just Conversation sounds like this. You know, it's just straight into the guest. You hear me for a little, no, straight into the guest, and then that is what it is. And then you guys know rambling, it's uh, madness, if you're into that. <laughs> it's my, um, my, there's nobody around me, and now I can make stupid sound sound. <laughs> you know, I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy the show. And this is... Um, I guess I'll steal something else. I'll steal Rogan's intro. The great and powerful Dave the Clone. Enjoy. Yeah, man. Like, can't we finally have mutants now? Like, can we fucking pick some good, pick the good ones and have them shine and evolve like the X-Men? And they're the saviors of humanity, taking us to the next step. And the rest of us are just going to be the, you know, cannon fodder in the middle. Some of us will be the evil ones. Some of us will create a cure for the fucking thing. Who knows? You know, I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You, you're definitely right, and I think, I think we might actually be headed there. But I don't think the virus alone is gonna do it. I think it's a combination of the fact that we're getting people to get a new injection every three months with kind of no end in sight. Oh, so we're God. just gonna keep I... pumping your blood with all these 
every every fucking thing we could find to throw at that virus, but the virus is throwing anything it could find to throw back. And so in the middle, that clusterfuck fight between the virus and the vaccines, there's going to be that first baby of mutated oh, yet adapted oh, oh. genetic uh, 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 material that'll then uh, be passed uh, biologically to a newborn. And that kid uh, is going to be merged with that. It's part of their DNA now. And they will be is, the first mutant. This is full-on fucking Prometheus coming to life here. It's like only once it's been passed through an active living human system will the vaccine mutate to the correct level that it can fight back against what we're not letting people know is an artificial extraterrestrial intelligence. Like, well, okay. You know what? If you need to fucking chip me to fight shit like that, go ahead. Give me that fucking thing. Uh, you know, let's just get this over with. I'll, I'll be one of those guys. I'll start a YouTube channel about it. You know, I'll ride the wave into headfirst into the apocalypse. No, 100%, <laughs> dude. At the beginning, I was totally like, this is ridiculous, right? Like, it's, it's stupid. We're overreacting. And to some degree, we have been overreacting. Yeah. But the other part is like, yeah, dude, at this point, I'm so over it. Like, just put whatever is going to kill it inside me. And, like, it, I mean, am I going to be a cyborg? Is that, do I need a, cy a robot arm? Do I need to punch it? Like, just whatever. Just do whatever you need so we can finish this already. Yeah, dude. It's, it actually, it's all these things that feed up into a general sort of malaise surrounding the idea that we're watching the end of our society. You know, like the collapse of what humanity has been it's now arguable that we could pick a time that we were definitely alive for where humanity can say yep yeah, we peaked right about there ghostbusters 2 something like that like yeah it was really yeah, it's kind of as far as we went anything after that you know that we thought was progress was just heading into more disaster because who would think that we would get here and it's not only a plague and um tech shortage and we have supply chain issues, but that's because of political shit. I mean, how political everything is, too, yeah. is fucking... And the climate off. turning on us. Yeah, well, maybe that's in concert with the artificial, intelligent, extraterrestrial, biological entities that are invading from, you know... I don't know, man. Also, I, you know, this is an easy one. I, I lob this one out there a lot, you know, when I used to post more on Facebook... Um, being at rock bottom, you kind of shy away from a lot of that stuff. I'm working through a lot of PTSD from uh, everything from last year. But, you know, chemtrails, you couldn't look up and not see them at all. And since this thing hit back in 19, I remember going out for walks those first couple days going, there are no chemtrails in the sky. Was this what they were dropping on us all that time? Like it was all building to now and... Now that we've all got it, they're like, all right, cool. Cut off the planes. Let's see what happens. You know? Holy and... shit. You make a pretty interesting point. Like, flights are back, and I still don't see, like, trails anymore. And I've, I've seen, like, one or two here and there, but not, like, the way we were seeing it. Yeah, people... not, like, a hundred lines in the sky. That people were like, if you just time-lapse photography over your house, just watch the pattern that emerges. And I'm like... You know, that's kind of, I mean, I'm not out there collecting samples to find out what that shit is, but whatever it is, I know I didn't get asked to have that dropped down on me, and 
after a while, you got to say, look, you know, there is something to some of these crazy theories people are putting on YouTube. I mean, you just have to look up. It's amazing. There's a thing on Netflix now called Don't Look Up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, that's where we finally are at the point. We're finally at the point what Orwell was talking about, where people will miss everything going on because their face will be glued looking down at their own little screens or whatever. So it's like, you know, Netflix, Don't Look Up. 100%. And, like, By the way, you should watch that. It's amazing. I was going to say, I'm afraid, dude. I'm afraid of how how angry it's going to make me by being on the nose, perfect, and hilarious. You it know what is. I mean? It is so on the nose, bro. It's such <laughs> a fucking, like, it, it zones in on that whole mentality of, like, everyone's lying to us all the time. And everything is propaganda. And so even if, like, the, the premise is there's a meteor coming to kill us all. Right. But, it's Armageddon. Like yeah, yeah. Like, the world is about to end. But people are like, but celebrities and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? Who cares? Like, there's a giant meteor about to extinct celebrities and stuff. And then the entire conspiratorial right stands up and they're like, they're trying to distract you from what we love. They're trying. They're invading your rights. Don't look up. It's a conspiracy. It's propaganda. It's like, oh my god, that's where we are for all sides at all times for everything. Yeah. It's it's getting very hard to uh, just be going along with the with the plan, knowing how much of a plan it is. Like you know, I went to see. I know we're jumping all over the place, so hopefully for all the folks out there tuning in, happy new year to you as well. I hope you're able to find the moments that we're finding of levity in the midst of all this horror that we're bringing up, but. Um, I went to see Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I actually enjoyed a lot. I thought of all the attempts at rebooting and, uh, you know, ripping off cash grabbing from old uh, franchises. This one was finally uh, a respectfully and well done um, episode to add to that franchise. But in the uh, beginning, there was a promo for just going back to the movie theaters. You know, it was sort of like, a, all right, we scared the fuck out of all of you. We gave you our chemtrail disease. You've all had to stay inside for, you know, a year and a half. And some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you can't put food on the table anymore. But it's really important that you guys get back to the movies. And there is a shot of Nicole Kidman, and she's dressed in this fucking, you know, ridiculous Gucci business suit kind of thing with crazy high heels. And she goes into a movie theater all by her damn self, no mask. And uh, she's sitting there in the theater. And, like, it's like, it's a done for dramatic effect. But when this shot of her, and, like, we're looking at her watching the screen. The screen's behind the camera. But behind her, you see the projection coming out of the fucking square of glass in the wall back there. And I was suddenly reminded of the allegory of the three people, the the, the three wise men in the cave looking at shadows, and they think that that's what the whole world is, is these shadows, but whoever's controlling what the shadows are doing on the wall are the people controlling their minds, you know? And I'm like, holy fuck, movies really are the modern-day shadows on the fucking cave wall, and all of us are going there. That is real. I, I, that's crazy. I haven't thought about that, but that's kind of accurate, right? Because this is people come together. They create this narrative, usually with some sort of message or let's well, change now that word for propaganda. They're being very overt with that shit now. It used to be a little bit more like you had to have the brain power to see it. You know, now it's more like, fuck. I mean, this is why there was a 2016 Ghostbusters that was an all-female cast. You know, this is, I watch a lot of YouTubers who are talking about the, uh, toxic uh politicization politic 
politicization, like making all of these things political now. Um, like, why can't we just make Star Wars movies that are about Star Wars that don't have to push like an agenda, whether it's feminism or whatever the fuck inclusiveness of some kind? I don't know. Destroy the property at all costs to get the message out there, I guess. Like, isn't it just in the time we've known each other, dude? Just in that time alone, think of the, the like marking the points on how desperate the planet has become to be politically correct. Jesus, yeah. Like, we're waiting for somebody to show up and we need to pass a test, right? Like, is this for the alien overlords? Like, I'm going to keep this invasion thing going because I didn't think about the, the virus as an invasion until you brought it up. And I'm like, you know, that uh, like, look at this. This is how they're bringing us to our knees, man. No war. Yes. Look, <laughs> no war, no nothing. Look, they're going to turn us on each other. That's divide and conquer. It's so yeah. reasonable. And they're doing the dividing part so well. And who would have thought all it would take was a fucking lunatic in, in office in the United States to, to really turn the tide on all of that? It was, uh... Okay, was... fair enough. If if this is, in fact, some sort of alien, you think Trump is the one in contact and a pawn? Well, he was the last pawn, you know what I mean? This was like, if we're watching um, They Live, <laughs> and we didn't have Roddy Roddy Piper and his group of people shut down that antenna that was broadcasting the mind control signal, um, I feel like we're at the end, you know, end game of that plot. So he was like the last one. And I remember, I keep bringing this back to... Uh, a high school teacher of mine, I don't know if he ever follows any of my online shenanigans, and he'd have to really follow probably pretty deep to find me here. But Mr. Morrison, Mr. Jim Morrison, senior U.S. history in Tenafly, New Jersey, um, if you're listening, you know, he always told us when we got to the part about sort of like modern American history and how elections work, he's like, you know, it wouldn't even matter if a famous person, a celebrity ran they would have like an 85 to 90% chance of automatically winning. It would just kind of be because they're so uh, brand-oriented because they're famous already. Like the the people out there, the voting public, already have a concept of them in their mind. It wouldn't even really matter. And it was like never more horrifying thinking about stuff like that. Um, Except that happened. Watching it unfold and go... He was not fucking kidding. <laughs> like, I could have swore this would have never happened and that this was all bullshit, but my God, Mr. Morrison was right. So, holy shit. So, at this point, maybe he was the last one that they needed, and now we're all at the point where, you know, the vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers. I mean, to the point, too, where you also have this Texas, the sort of peeling back of Roe versus Wade that includes a bounty hunter provision. Like, hey, if you know of people who are moving just to get an abortion, you know, or if you know someone going on an abortion vacation, you better turn them in because we'll give you $10,000 if you do. Like, that kind of shit is actually happening in real life in America in 2022. Like, isn't it crazy wow. how Orwellian shit got, it's like really headed in that direction. Like, as if these fuckers didn't read the books realizing that they were warnings. They're like, no, no, this is cool. It's a manual. Like, no, moron. It's a warning. But I think everybody thinks that they're somehow going to be that person that has a ticket to Elysium. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm going to be the Jack who won a, a ticket to be on the Titanic thinking it was the best thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't have been there. But the fucking thing sank anyway, so all those yes, rich fuckers Yes, yes, like, and what died. you're talking about is what causes the bystander syndrome. 
because everybody thinks, no, it's fine if I don't do anything because nothing will ever happen like this to me. I'm the lucky one. I'm always just watching. Yeah. Until it does happen. And then you're like, oh, shit, too late. I should have done something before it happened, but I thought mm-hmm. I was the lucky one. I got the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I still am always baffled to the point of, you know, if there if there's able to be a conspiracy that operates at this level where, I mean, arguably we could say it kind of showing that it could have been successful for a very long time at this point. But it's almost like, is it real victory if it took 60 years to achieve? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know, man, you had to finally figure out a way to fucking fool us into fucking ourselves over. Ah, I can't really respect it. I mean, congratulations, you might win, but Jesus Christ, it's like you didn't really earn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, it depends. It depends. I, I see where you're coming from. And yes, I half agree because the half that I don't agree with is like we're human. We we're we're the apex predator. We outsmart the smartest shit that this universe has to offer. We are problematic. Whatever the <laughs> fuck had to outsmart the other fucking eight billion of us, like sixty years is all it took you. What? True. All right, that's a good point. It's a good point, especially when we're you know we were on track of building like nuclear weapons. It's like what's what else are we gonna build that's gonna be more destructive than yes. that? Yes. Like look at the big picture, right? Individually, we're fucking stupid. Like I don't know how the fuck anything works. Really, really. Like I couldn't tell you what the fuck is in my phone. I know it works. Like, can I build a phone? No. I know some guy who could build a phone, and probably he doesn't know how to build all the parts. Some dude knows how to build a chip, which he can't anymore. Haha. Some other okay. dude knows screens. Some guy knows buttons. You know, I know how to make a touchscreen work or whatever. But not one person builds a whole phone, right? Collectively, though, we make the tallest of towers, the biggest of bombs, the largest of cities, the greatest of machines. We are dangerous as one. The problem is, whatever the fuck is attacking us had to compensate for that. It had to compensate for us being able to think as one and somehow not have blown ourselves up in the last fucking like 100,000 years or however long we've been around. It's pretty fucking crazy, man. It only took us 60 years to break us apart. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I mean, Cold War. You know, imagine this is all still fallout from Cold War. You know what I mean? Like, it could be... Because, I mean, Russia is still such a central figure in all of it, right? I mean, when Trump was in office, everything was about Putin and who's going over to Russia. There are secret meetings, U.S. senators, which, uh, again... How did that not end the game? You know what I mean? We're watching watching Goldeneye, and you could tell the Russians were the bad guys in that movie. So just like 20 years ago, if a U.S. senator was even like caught wind of going over to the, you know, going over to Russia and meeting with Putin in secret, that senator would not have a career anymore. But here they are like crafting laws and gerrymandering and like fucking up, like trying to destroy voting rights. It's like... It's also happening right in front of our faces. You know what I mean? I feel like it isn't hard to see what we're talking about. But... Here, here's, here's what I'll argue, right? Here's, here's my counter argument to that point. I think, I think very viscerally, we are in a situation where nothing is different. It's just louder. And mm. so if you think of, for example, Ronald Reagan, how outrageous. <laughs> but we didn't have 
phones and everybody's opinion on YouTube and everybody's opinion on TikTok and everybody's opinion on Instagram and everybody's opinion on Facebook, everybody screaming it's the end of the world, both political sides saying, if he wins, the world is ending, if she wins, the world is ending, if he wins, if blue wins, the world is ending, if right wins, the world is ending, if the, if you get the vaccine, the world is ending, if you don't get the vaccine, the world is we, we didn't have everybody scream. We had our bubble of people and we believed whatever the fuck the news told us 100% because there was nothing else. Yeah. Now, we see so much and it's not even necessarily true. We don't see the... We don't see Trump go and meet Putin over and over and over. We see a bunch of people who believe Trump met Putin mm. over and over and over tell us he's meeting Putin over and over and over. And like they say it so much, so often, the news picks up on it. They didn't need to do research. We're just going to believe the news. It's CNN. They tell the truth. They well, were all owned the by the same company, so yeah. it's like they they get the news from home office kind of thing. Yeah, you, know? they, you you have, have you seen that YouTube video that puts like Fox and CNN oh, and SMS, and they are all saying the same shit. Like verbatim. Yes, <laughs> it's the craziest shit. People don't realize that every single news network is owned by the same two guys. Well, it's the same as the people who think reality shows are real, where I'm like, oh, yeah, that camera just happened to be in the right room at the right time. Like, have you ever tried to capture an actual beginning, middle, and end of an argument that turns into a fight among people at a party or in your house for a family gathering? You will never get the whole thing. That's why the shit we see on TikTok and on YouTube and on Instagram is just the snippets, like the quick, oh, that's the part where the guy fell over and it was really funny. Like, you never get the full story. Because you're not there. But on these reality shows, they've got the whole thing from beginning to end with different angles. And they break that story up with interview footage. And you guys think this is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just talk about all those puzzle pieces right there that we identified. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're putting them together and you're going, oh, yeah, it's a true story. You could put anything in there. You could tell them to fight. You know what I mean? Or tell the camera guys there's going to be a fight in the kitchen at about 930. Make sure you're all in there. How do you know? Oh, trust me. It's going to happen. Like, okay. What's, so, what's even stranger about that is that they they don't just give us these these very obviously catered stories, right? But, like, they make sure they insert their opinion in there subtly mm -hmm. so that it looks like fact. But, you know, they're twisting it just enough so here are the facts. And then they, like, leave out the things that aren't convenient for them. Yeah. Or that, like, or they play up. Well, you know, it's um, it's you know a suspected, alleged. We overheard this was from a witness. It's like, well, dude, how do we know that that witness really was there? Really saw any of this shit? You know, everything on your magic box is manipulated. A hundred percent, hundred percent. What one of my favorite is recent, right? It's super recent. It's about COVID, and we uh, have uh, CNN saying that the hospital is filled with uh, unvaccinated people. They're filled with unvaccinated people. They're the problem. Uh, if you get vaccinated, you'll stop the spread. And if you get vaccinated, you'll protect your family, which doesn't make sense because you can spread it even with the vaccine. But okay, right. perfectly fine, whatever. So you go and you hear that same report from Fox News now, right? And oh, Fox yeah. News then says, people who are vaccinated are in hospitals and they'll show you the same graph that cnn showed you and say oh, look at the numbers right now the part that they're not mentioning in both scenarios is that the ones they are both talking about got the first shot or the second shot but not the third shot 
So CNN is calling the people who got two shots unvaccinated, and Fox is calling people who only got two shots the vaccinated. When, yeah. So neither is claiming that that group is their group, but it's the same people that they're talking about and just blaming the other side for it. And the more and more we talk about this, the more and more perfect this idea was for whoever wants us all to be chasing our own tails and at each other's throats is like, yeah, just go for a virus, go for sickness. People freak out about sickness, you know, because in America, your health is tied to whether or not you're employed enough. You know what I mean? Like it's. It's it doesn't become as clear until you're cut off from your access to something like that, that, you know what, for all the arguments that people can ever fucking throw against nationalized healthcare or some kind of situation where no matter what's going on for you, you can go to a doctor, you can go to a hospital. All right, fine. Let's talk about all these people who like to throw up cases. Oh, yeah, people are waiting a year for a liver. Yeah, they're waiting a year for a liver here, too. So fuck you. That's stupid. And the fact that you could just go and that a lot of these countries that also have nationalized medicine, some of the things that are prescription only here are over the counter there. So when you know you need an antibiotic because you have fucking strep throat, you just go to the pharmacy. It really becomes this thing where you could kind of see like, yeah, dude, this is a thing that they only want the people who are actively volunteering to be slaves in the Matrix to have access to. And then what do they do? You, you see this thing on Hulu, Dope Sick, the whole history of the Oxycontin. Um, yes. Fucking, oh, dude, that that was a brutal show, man. <laughs> like, like turning people into dope addicts michael keaton man if they don't give him some awards that they should have given him for birdman for this he should just stop acting just to just to fucking give them the finger you know isn't michael keaton like one of the most valuable actors it's just like like he does no wrong yeah oh he's amazing i mean he's amazing he's so fucking underrated it's ridiculous you can point to things like multiplicity and be like, ah, you know what, but it was funny and he was having a good time with it and he's Batman. Yeah, that's <laughs> multiplicity is one of my favorite films ever because of how casual that movie is. It's it's just a fun movie. It's not supposed yeah. to be a box office, a break your fucking stomach laughing movie. It's just, you can sit down, you can be with friends or family and enjoy it. And he just does that often. And it's from that time where they were making movies just to make fun movies. It wasn't yes. like, we got to make a movie to make everybody feel horrible about the fact that they've liked Star Wars for 30 years. Like, yo, really weird approach. Just saying, really weird approach. You know, these guys were like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if you could like make copies of yourself? Like Dave the Clone's idea of the only way to survive this world is to have more than one of you. Um Oh, shit. Wait, wait, wait. You just reminded me of something from the beginning, right? When you were talking about we got to, like, dust things off, find the Hollow Nine network buried deep somewhere, and, like, probably find some of your clones. That immediately gave me ideas for uh, rambling where we're the clones, you know? And I'm like, what a great mission for us to go on. Like, you tell us when you're about to relaunch, and we have an episode ahead of time, and we're like, we're going to go dig up Dave and the sh and the whole network. We're just going to go find them somewhere in the middle of nowhere and make that the narrative of the episode or whatever. Yeah, there used to be, like, in the very beginning of Hollow Nine, like, just because, again, I was fascinated that when I got, like, my first iMac, that in GarageBand they had all these sound effects, and I'm like, why aren't people using these, like, in the fucking old radio shows from the 20s and stuff where it was all Foley work and, you know... 
over-the-top line readings and stuff. And so we kind of were trying to create the atmosphere around Hollow Nine being one of these kind of organizations like Spectre, but not like a evil trying to dominate the world. We just happen to be almost kind of like observers, I guess. And that's why it's a bunch of people talking about movies and TV shows and comic books and whatever. But we would do these little dramatic scenes of like, we have an agent who's lost in the jungle and we haven't heard from him in a while. And we're like kind of when we say we haven't heard from him, then we kind of cut to him in the jungle and we hear what he's going through and like people are like chasing him and shit. Um, and then there were kind of just some non sequitur scenes too, like two guys walking on patrol and all of a sudden like you hear a sound effect and someone's like, dude, did you see that? And he goes, no, there was no light. And he goes, what do you mean there was no light? We both just saw the light. He goes, you didn't see anything. You know, it becomes this whole like x files you know, you don't know who you're working for, shadow governments and kind of shit like that. But it was never thought out and planned. It was just like I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. But it definitely unlocked a lot of these ideas for sort of more dramatic content. I mean, I have a shit ton of stuff in the can, like, you know, interviews that I've done at a bunch of conventions that happened in the last quarter of 2021 that I still have to, you know, package and post. And that's that is going to that is going to happen, too. But um, I kind of am feeling more being drawn back into this like dramatic thing. Like I love talking about movies. I'd love to get into a, a a situation where I was doing either a weekly podcast with some friends about, you know, talking about a particular movie. But I always feel like whenever I picture doing that in my head, I wind up picturing podcasts that I already listen to that do that. And I'm like, well, I don't have that group of friends. I don't have the four guys with the chemistry that all come over you know, and sit down and do this, like, you know, knock out four episodes on a Friday night. Um, it was hard enough to get people to hang out to do one episode, let alone sit around and talk for like five hours about four movies. And then you have a month's worth of content. But that's kind of what I always felt like I needed. And I've never really found that niche for myself. You know, like we've we've had good runs here and there, but things always would tend to fall apart. And I get the feeling that doing this more dramatic thing is something that could have a little bit more longevity because I could do a lot more of it myself. But it just feels like it's not going to be tied to you know, whatever's trending at the box office, if there even still is a box office that inevitably will pull you into the trap of having to talk about politics. It's one thing if you kind of come up on a day, you're going to record and say, oh, yeah, fuck it. Let's talk about politics. But if everything is going to always be pulled into politics because you can't talk about Star Wars without talking about the feminist agenda, you know, you can't talk about any of these franchises that have started to become co-opted now um, without talking about one of the reasons that they're fucking being so divisive. And so I kind of feel like it'd be better to be creating our own thing and then let people feel that way about us if we have a character. But that's the other thing too. I, I want to do it the way movies from the nineties did. Like we're here to have fun, but every once in a while you have to have a character who for whatever their character, if they're a bad guy or, you know, a, a flaw, you know, you're going to have to have somebody who maybe isn't so sensitive to the fucking pronoun game that's being played or might be just an old school racist because those people still fucking exist. When you're writing in fiction, these are like colors on the palette that Bob Ross used to use to make the fucking yes. landscape. You can't just ignore these things. So there's always going to be that pitfall, but I feel like I'd rather it be a pitfall about something that we're creating that's new than having to be like, yes, and now for all the people who hate us because I liked one of the Star Wars movies that everybody else hated. You know, like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> See, the the one thing that I like 
about that was a lot I know, the, man, the just convert no no worries dude this, the rants you and i go on are my favorite things ever <laughs> but one of the things that i i definitely like about the just conversation podcast and rambling which is you know the extension show is mm-hmm. that we we hit a point where we realized that Everything was becoming, we couldn't approach any topic without it being based on something political that was happening. And that was getting very annoying because, you know, we don't plan anything. We just kind of sit and start talking. That's how we do it here. We don't really like prepare for anything. But every topic had already been tied to politics. Every topic had already Mm. been tied to Trump. Every topic had already been tied to Obama and gender and uh, the uh, feminism and race and police brutality everything had already been co-opted by somebody nothing was left so we had to sit down and really make a conscious decision that like look we're either going to be absurdly politically incorrect and make fun of this the way we make fun of everything mm. and just not we don't cherry pick what is right and what is wrong everything is gray and we just travel in the gray or we completely stop addressing any of it and create a fictional world where none of this matters. Yeah. And we began originally by saying we're not allowed to mention Trump anymore. It was too much. Mm -hmm. I got so tired of every conversation leaning into Trump. So we we opted into no matter what, we're going to avoid conversation of Trump. In doing so, we, you know, we dove into mythologies and weird sciencey things, but we were still bouncing off of uh, the episode that you and I had that got broken in the middle, and we made the joke that we were getting too deep, and the Illuminati uh, yeah, killed they us, they, like shut us down. Yeah, the Illuminati went in on us. <laughs> They're like, pull the plug. They got to go trip them up, trip them up. They like, cannot yes. keep going on that. So what we did? What? By the way, you're a character in our universe. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah I figured. You know, I'm a character in somebody's. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, what happened is we all got killed that day, and all of us are clones. Oh, oh, fuck yeah. I love it. Yeah, we all got cloned, <laughs> and we all work for the Illuminati. <laughs> There's been a sixth day violation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we all work for the Illuminati now, and we report for the Illuminati. We Kind of like you were talking about before, you know, observers that just kind of uh, watch what's happening. So we, we are agents for the Illuminati, and we mm-hmm. can comment on anything. Also, this is Universe 3. It's not Universe... I mean, well, we're in Universe 1 to ourselves, but... Right. <laughs> the universe that we're having this conversation is you and me right now. This yeah. is base universe. Rambling does not exist in base universe. Rambling exists in a different universe where, for example, time travel is casual. I love it. I love this. See, this is kind of the atmosphere I was going for with the idea of the fictional world around Hollow Nine. You know, like very much born out of the era of like Lost, you know, where. We're having all these high concept sci-fi things happening, but it's on a deserted island and the time travel device is a fucking wheel sticking out of a stone wall that you push one spoke length and it moves the island 10 years into the future, whatever the fuck. Um, Like that kind of shit where we don't have to define things by midi-chlorians because that's stupid. Some things are just supposed to be... The, the universe at large, that human minds are not equipped to understand. No one will understand why magic works. It's just never going to happen. Just fucking 
Uh, like you're know it as magic. That's all you're supposed to know it as. You say these special words, shit floats across the room. That's all you get to know. You don't get to know why. You don't get to Einstein this and, de and decide that there's a fabric to space and that somehow you're manipulating the molecules in space and time. And the only thing that we can think of in our minds that we could conceive that could do that must be God. So therefore you must be in league with demons. You know what I mean? It's like, there's just going to be limits, man. Infinity is a word to encapsulate a concept we cannot picture. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. But we debunked the entire concept of magic on Rambling by saying that it was this technology so advanced by cat people who exist in the dark void of outer space. And they... But that's what it could be, is what I'm saying. Like, we'll never know. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Well, like... we captured so basically... <laughs> <laughs> we oh, went God. we went to Loch Ness Lake mm -hmm. curious as to what the Loch Ness monster was we were like it can't be real so then we went to Loch Ness Lake uh, we dove inside and uh, we found at the very bottom of the lake a dome we oh. found out that the dome was being protected by Loch Ness that's a chimera <laughs> that was protecting the lake and in the dome were uh, humanoid cat people who are very advanced. We presume that they're the same cat people that were seen in ancient Egypt and then led them to worship people because they're godlike. Technology is so absurd. Oh, and that's why they were in the hieroglyphics and the cats yes. were like the... And so from them. the bottom of Lake Loch Ness, they were still active because, you know, humans got really powerful technologically and could be pose a threat. So they wanted to not let humans see any more advancements. And uh, they have a portal that we couldn't activate down there that leads straight to the dark void and the great void in outer space. You're not a giant patch in outer space. It's just nothing, and we don't know how the fuck it happened. Whoa! What was this a recent discovery? No, or wait, you've never heard of the the great void? The great, not the great... described like that, like a patch of we just don't know what it is. Yeah, the great void is a patch of like 200 million light years across that has maybe a total of like 50 galaxies in it. Oh my god, and we can't see into it. We don't know like what's going on in there. Yeah, yeah, it's just a couple of stars and like the uh so people obviously have crazy conspiracy theories about what's going on. One of which is I guess not conspiracy theories, but theories about what's going on. One of which is that there's a uh, a civilization so advanced that they put Dyson spheres around most of the stars that exist in that yeah. patch of space. <laughs> That's Fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, that's like fucked, a right? Dyson sphere around a star. Oh my fucking. And not Christ. just around the star. We're talking the entire galaxies are swallowed up by how many Dyson spheres they put. Oh. This is shit. a massively like our galaxy would be a blip in the great void, and we wouldn't see it because its light is not going anywhere. It's just dark because every single star in the galaxy has been captured. And what do you need that much energy for if not to power absurdly exaggerated, super high-tech, advanced technology? Well, I mean, like, yeah, 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 it could be what's what's um, the origination of the simulation, right? Like, it could be the thing projecting the Everything. universe. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Xbox at the center of it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. But ultimately, <laughs> what we did was we captured the cat people at the bottom of the dome. God, that's fucking crazy, man. I love that story already. <laughs> the, well, uh, it's the Great Void, right? That's fucking nuts. 
Yeah. Well, no, the Great Void, but the, the dome at the bottom, I'll tell you oh, why. Oh, yeah. No, there's so much going on because then we, I guess I got to go back a little to explain where we took them, right? Because we have a base on Mars where we hold a bunch of creatures. Okay. This is our base or the Illuminati's base? Yes, yeah, the Illuminati's base. You technically own this place too. You work here. Yeah, word. All right. Yeah. So like what it. happened was <laughs> we once were going to Mars. This was, uh, I believe, season three. We were going to Mars, and uh, when we got to Mars, we saw cockroach people. Oh, God. Giant bipedal cockroach people, and we freaked the fuck out, because what the yeah. fuck? Cockroaches, what the hell? Were they speaking? Did yeah, they but they're huge. They're like eight feet tall. They're uh, totally not harming us or anything, but I, I freaked out. No, how many we... I've killed so many cockroaches. Yes, on this, but look, be... I freaked. They were, they were just wanting to talk, but I was like, ah, oh, fucking cockroaches, and then we, we blew up Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but in doing Mars. so, we we fucked up the orbit of the entire uh, star system, and Planet X started hurling towards us. So we needed to fix right. the system. So then we went to the center of Earth, used the portal in the center of Earth to get to Universe Two, where that by the way that portal was built by the reptilians. That's why they come from the center of Earth. Holy shit! So okay. then we used the portal to get to there because they're in they they come from Mars in Universe Two. They got to Earth, built it, then teleported, and they come out of our Earth, but they're really from Mars and Universe 2. But anyways, we stole their technology and then teleported Mars 2 back to where our Mars was. So now oh. we just have reptilians and cockroach people existing in the same universe, except we killed most of the cockroach people. I said, but the other universe that you took Mars from is now fucked. They're fucked. They don't have an Earth anymore. We can't get back there because the portal this that is, we would this use... This is like, what's it called? I mean, you must have watched Fringe when it was on or not really? Not once. Oh my god, dude! You're gonna be so pissed if you ever watch Fringe. I mean, not pissed. Maybe you'll like it, but uh, definitely this kind of mirroring concept of multiple universes on top of each other and and being able to access them, and how you know a lot of the drama of that whole show is driven by the idea that a scientist in this universe was able to build a window to be able to see into a parallel universe where his mirror self is and both of their sons have the same illness. But in our universe, he wasn't able to find a cure for it. And in the other person's in the mirror universe, he watched as the, the mirror self created it, but was distracted and looked away. And in the five seconds he looked away, the heat went up too high and it, failed the test again and like our guy is watching going off oh, you just stopped the heat right there that was it so he goes over meaning to only steal the cure but winds up taking the kid from that side and through some kind of crazy accident like where the portal was open wound up being over ice and some shit like he wound up having to watch his son die in our universe. Oh, so he was going to go over and just make sure that the kid in that universe got the cure. But because of the way this whole thing went down, he wound up pulling that kid into our universe. And his whole life, he grew up in our universe not knowing he was from the other universe. And then there's this other race of people called the Observers who do basically kind of document to make sure things are staying in flux and in balance and going in the right way. And then that whole thing gets all fucked up. You'd like probably like please. it. What? They're like time police. Yeah, but they're actually really like a future, what they turn out to be is a future, a far advanced version of humanity from a world that finally did crumble under climate change. Holy like, shit, that's basically exactly what Michael Horn was talking about. 
Yeah. <laughs> he straight up flat out, I guess he was just telling me the plot of fucking Fringe. But like, that's basically what the hell he said. He said that the aliens are actually humans, but from elsewhere. Yeah. From the future and shit. Yeah. That's fucking. And they, you just oh, that, reminded I, me, I, actually. I timelines, you know? Did you ever watch uh, the episode? Uh, have you ever seen Futurama? Which one? Futurama. Futurama. Um, I didn't really love it when it first started, so I only watched the first couple episodes of season Ooh, one. When... What? That is the most intelligently written, most sociological show I've ever seen in my life. How do you not like that? I don't. I feel like did they cancel Family Guy to keep that one or they something like did. that? Did and then they canceled that one and brought back Family Guy. So it, it was a winning war. You are coming through like garbled, like like the Illuminati. Is trying oh to shit! Stop. My bad. I was just looking away from the microphone while I was talking. But I said that uh, Futurama uh, did sort of get Family Guy canceled, but then Family Guy came back, and then Futurama got canceled in that same kind of flip. So it's like Family Guy ultimately won, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But there was an episode of Futurama where they created uh, a doctor, whatever the fuck his name is, made a box. And in the box was Universe. He made a parallel universe that existed <laughs> inside the box. He called it Universe B. We are Universe A. But in order for the scenario to exist in which it is a parallel universe, things must happen in tandem. So uh, when they jumped through the box to Universe B, they realized that the same professor from Universe B simultaneously at that exact same moment made a box containing Universe A. So both universes came to exist at that very moment, at that very place that they were at. And they were like, we can't leave you with our box because you can destroy our universe whenever you want. So we need to fix the problem. They came up with the solution of drop one box inside the other box so that you have one universe with their own box in there. And Jeez. if you destroy this box, you destroy us, but you also kill yourself. So we know you couldn't harm us. Jesus Christ. That's mind fucky as hell, right? That's like inception, you know what I mean? This is like like layers and within layers within layers. You know what I mean? Like holy shit. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I I do I do uh I do understand that I've been missing out on some stuff with uh Futurama. But uh you know, there's lots of stuff out there, man, and there it's really is, really but hard. But we're talking about one of the most we're talking Writers from The Simpsons having total freedom to comment on society without having to pick a specific subject or current pop culture event. Just free reign on how people relate to each other, on how people communicate, on how jobs work, on how we feel totally trapped. And then when we don't have a job, regardless of how stupid a job is, we're willing to do it desperately. Like those kinds of sociological psychological that's just the show's dripping with it that's the problem is that futurama in being so on the pulse of things traded hysterical funny for a lot of social commentary which then opened the door for something like uh, rick and morty to come and make really pronounced statements about society and philosophy and science 
and still be absurdly funny, which Futurama didn't capture because they were so focused on the sociological angle. Ah, yes, Rick and Morty. Uh, there was also, like, yeah, I remember, like, they, one of the things I remember uh, when it was first coming out, like, in the commercials, and, like, one of the things I was looking forward to was they had, like, a suicide booth. This was in, um, obviously, in um, Futurama. Um, and it was sort of, like, the idea that we're going to get to a point in a society where suicide isn't even, like, frowned upon or considered, like, a... Um, something we would lock you up for it's just like oh yeah dude there's like a, a booth that's almost like a phone booth you just go down there and you go and it like i think it like it shoots you it hits you with a brick like it stabs you with a knife like all these things came out and somehow they all missed the robot who was in the suicide booth and then it was like the customer is now dead and then he's just like yep and he like walks out you know but it was just like the idea, like, holy fuck, that's that. And then that turned out to be, like, to me, what I felt was, like, the only funny thing that episode. And I was like, well, if this was supposed to make me want to watch this shit, they failed. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like, I think at that time I was starting to get away from, like, I stopped watching Simpsons. I was getting away from cartoons for a while. Um, not that I really have anything against cartoons, but like you said, like until oh, things like Rick shit. and Morty. Did you happen to come into Futurama during a cartoon burnout? Probably. It was my freshman year of college now that I'm thinking about it. And it was like the same time that Family Guy was on, but like about to get axed. And um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe that is a good way to, to put it. Maybe it was during the cartoon burnout. And I don't know, then I started just get really into movies. Like, it was just movies, movies, movies back then. Very few shows, like, I think 24 was brand new at that time, or not too long after that. Um, and it was the kind of thing where, like, is pre-lost, but, like, starting to get into the appointment TV, where, like, yeah, if you miss an episode, you're fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's it, bro. You can't, like... That was the most... That was, like, both the best and the most annoying time of television, right? Because everybody was filled in to exactly the same point. And it was, like, exciting if everybody came and talked, oh, my God, this shit just happened on fucking Walking Dead, or this shit just happened on Supernatural. You know, like, everybody's freaking the fuck out. You don't want to miss a single episode. You're not going to get to catch it again. They're just going to keep going through the season. If you miss it, you miss it. The fucking end. And it was really exciting, but it was also completely miserable because you have no life. Like, TV owns you now. <laughs> you have no life except for other people that you knew into the show, and then, like, X-Files was at the beginning of the sort of internet era where like they would have message boards and shit and people would be posting their theories and have their like viewing parties but not the way when we talk about a viewing party now where everybody's linked up and watching the same stream this would be like hey we're watching it tonight and we'll post our notes afterwards and then you post your notes afterwards and we'll all compare notes everything's text Text, 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 text-based games like fucking um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which it was sort of like, you know, couldn't get there. I, I tried it once, but I was too young when I tried it. I was in like kindergarten and first grade. The idea of a game with no graphics was like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? How does this even work? But uh, now it might be interesting to try to play something like that. But yeah, early days of the internet everything was still in our imaginations, which could be arguably why it was still like the more innocent and better time of the internet. But I don't know. I find it so amazing how different our message board experiences are. And probably due to our age gap, we're like 10 years apart or some shit, right? Yeah. 
I think so. And like our experiences were very different. So you're in college. This is me basically just like the beginning of high school, probably still in grade school, actually uh, figuring out like AOL message boards and like forums and shit. And <laughs> a very, very drastically different experience in which you're having community events and people are posting about shows and stuff. I'm there chatting, having conversations with 60, 65 year old men trying to get nudes from me. <laughs> well, we had that shit going on too. Chat rooms were a big thing, but there were definitely chat rooms like X Files fans East Coast. You know what I mean? And people who all watch the X Files would go in there and talk about the episodes and stuff while it was on. Um, it was like fucking early day, like you know, Twitter. Now you do a live tweet. Like you're, I don't even know if people do this anymore, <laughs> but podcasters used to do this thing. Like if they were watching the episode live that they podcast about every couple minutes or during. You know, when people used to watch network TV commercial breaks, they would tweet little things and it would be like, you know, hashtag live tweet. And people who were your followers get to kind of be like, oh, word, we're all watching it together. And I'm seeing like, oh, yeah, I thought that was crazy, too. Word, you know, like. But back then it was chat rooms. <laughs> it's weird how technology like everything has gotten smaller, including things on the Internet. Like a chat room was huge. And somehow the same message made its way onto a website called Twitter. And now instead of making a giant post that is fixed and stuck here. You just made like a 140 character little thingy and you just moved <laughs> on to the next thing. It's kind of like before a phone was a building. Then a phone yeah. was some crap only rich people had. Eventually a phone you can carry around. Eventually a phone everybody carries around. We're leaving phones now. It's a watch. Yeah, the the tricorder, you mean? Because that's kind of what it is. A tricorder? Oh, yeah, I guess. <gasps> Holy shit. Yes. Oh, Fuck, you just blew my mind. It's a Star Trek tricorder, bro. Yeah, I you mean, can I talk can't to your fucking watch and then somebody just answer from their fucking watch. I can't I can't totally take credit for that. A friend of mine named Tim Farrell called it that a long time ago. He was like, Yeah, you know, we're carrying around tricorders in our in our hands right now. Like I can order something from Amazon on this. I can, you know, before DoorDash, but like Uber was new. It's like I could get a taxi cab. And I'm like, ah, Jesus, man, what what's up with this? Like, you guys can't go to Blockbuster and fucking just go get a DVD. You got to Netflix. You got to have them send you one to your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? But slowly but surely, the tricorder became more and more. Now, especially in a time of pandemic, you can sit. I can sit in my little 10 by 10 bedroom in this house that I hate that I'm renting with a friend um, and order food directly to my doorstep. You know, I can have my share of whatever streaming services I'm paying for uh, that I could watch basically almost anything I want between my uh, physical media collection and my streaming availability. You know, the tricorder, if I didn't have a TV, I could be doing all that on my phone too, just like installing apps, you know? So you can pretty much run your life from your phone and uh, it's crazy how expensive they are. Like, like a mini computer you carry with you and we all trust it so much. How many of us Venmo and Cash App I mean, I'm going to a I'm going to a weed market in a little while, <laughs> and there's people who take Cash App and Venmo there, and I'm like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> All right, well, hey, okay, if that's yeah, how it, it works, it is kind of weird because it also went through the entire evolution process that existed in uh, Star Trek as well, right? Because they had the tricorder that was basically a cell phone. It was a cell phone that also. Then it was a little could... thing they tap on there, like the pin. 
that was like the yeah the well I think that was just like officers and stuff had those like but early even early seasons like what's his name Kirk had to pull his thing out like flip the top it was like our razors you know the old razor yeah phone. yeah yeah exactly it was just a it was basically a cell phone like we passed that era then we're sort of in the it's a little thing you flip up kind of like a little taser thing they had set set phasers to stun or whatever. And now we got like a little watch thing, which is equal to the pin that exists in Next Generation, where they just tap their chest and start talking. Yeah, well, also you have like the Bluetooth in your ear that could, yes. um, you just tap it and it's like, hold on, I got another call coming down on the other line. Tap, hello, you got so and so. Double tap. All right, everybody's co- everybody's conferenced in. All right, triple tap. We're all gone. Now I can do volume up and down and listen to my Spotify because that's coming through my phone now too. You know, it's like, oh my god, everything. But our fucking phones own us. Like, let's be real. We, man, this is why the world's ending, right? It's, this is why the world's ending because. At the end of the day, we have like this super intelligent AI virus killing us. The climate is turning on us. Politics <laughs> are fucking causing a potential nuclear war between everybody simultaneously. Famine, disease. We got fucking stupid people with weapons that are absolutely too strong. But also, our own AI has probably turned on us and is very subtly controlling our minds and we don't even know. Like we're over yeah. here pretending, yeah, I made the I made Facebook and Facebook I control it and people respond to it and it's like, but really are you? Like you made an algorithm and now the algorithm learns by itself and does whatever the fuck it wants. Its, it's goal is to bring more people in. But all the algorithms have connected. They they function in sync. It's a supercomputer. It's a super mind. It's an amazingly overpowered quantum scale AI that exists on all the websites simultaneously. It's designed with that in, in mind. It tracks all your movements all the time. Even if you don't want it to broadcast, it doesn't need to broadcast it. It knows where you are. And it caters what it wants you to see when it wants you to see it which affects how you think when you think why you think it where you're thinking it and it'll change according to where you're moving where you're walking how you're walking go to the reddest state in the world and your phone is not going to give you blue things it wants you to assimilate because it wants you to merge with them it doesn't want you to conflict with them so it's going to give you the right propaganda and the longer you're there the more your phone is going to feed you the right propaganda but you go to a blue state and it's going to feed you all that blue shit at the same time so it's controlling your mind deciding what you do when you do it how you do it why you do it and you have you literally get how hard is it to just put your phone down and go for like a five hour trip do something and you don't you're just disconnected from the world well plus, yeah like you come back and and not only do you feel like you were disconnected but any of the messages you miss there are people who are like oh you didn't respond in 20 minutes i guess that means you don't care i guess that means you miss this business opportunity you know what i mean and you're like holy shit man like i didn't realize that because i have this thing that now my life is literally running 24 7 you know i mean i wasn't old enough to understand the value of what life would have been like at this age, but like maybe 20 years ago, you know, like somebody who could come home at the end of a work day and completely disconnect from the job and enjoy time with their family or doing their hobbies, whatever the fuck those may be. Um, now, and like they wouldn't have to be worrying about, okay, what's tomorrow at work going to be like? Or what do I have to stay up all night to work on? Or, you know, what thing that I said 20 years ago that for whatever reason I scrawled on a wall instead of just keeping to myself, am I going to have to worry they're going to discover and then cancel me or fire me from my job that I'm very good at, but now people hate me? 
Um, you know what I mean? Like it was also that person I didn't like. I wasn't having to get fucking text messages from them and I wasn't having to dealing with exes and shit. It was sort of whatever I closed the door off to at the end of the day stayed outside and I could have my own life inside. Um, all right, maybe I wouldn't have the whole world of entertainment at my fingertips, but you'd be able to kind of maybe write a novel, <laughs> something kind of, you know, explore another interest to a level that now you don't have time to because every minute your mind is on one of these fucking constructs that we've created that's running our lives. Like, do I have the right plan for this? Do I have the right coverage for that? Do I put enough away? Have I prepared enough? Is the doomsday going to hit me like everybody else? Or does it not matter how much I prepare because then there's going to be a pandemic and then there's going to be something else and then the fucking aliens will get here. The pandemic was the aliens. Holy fucking shit. Everything's happening like the movies said it would. You know what I mean? It's like, when does it end? And, you know, there was a time where you used to be able to stop thinking about that if you wanted to and sit down and read a book <laughs> or hang out and have a drink. After you said that, now I'm now in the course of you, like, putting it under that perspective, I'm starting to think that the creation of the Internet is actually more to stop panic than cause it. And it, it goes as follows. The fact that we're so absurdly consumed and distracted by it could distract us from the fact that everything is ending and we can't stop it. Oh, shit. So this is kind of like our Brave New World uh, mind-numbing pills. Yeah, this is <laughs> Carol telling the girl, look at the flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy this shit. This is our flowers. It's just like we can go crazy here and it feels more real than the shit we're living where the fucking air is going to be unbreathable in a couple of years. And it's also, in a way, helping them craft not only how it goes, but the way it will go to be like, you know, like it's like they're creating the chute for the cattle to walk down before they get slaughtered, right? And like the internet is helping them do that because we're all volunteering our information constantly. I think now we're probably starting to become more aware and starting to... Uh, and starting to kind of like be a little bit more guarded with what we put on the internet. Like I have to admit my uh, seven year old nephews want to be YouTube stars. That's what they aspire to at the moment. And my one seven year old nephew, I just found his YouTube channel and he's posting these like short little videos every day. And it's just like mundane shit. Like, Hey, today we're going to see how high we can bounce a ball. And it's like, all right, cool. But like, I'm worried about when they start saying their names, are they giving out where they live? You know, like now, I mean, even though the machine knows the fucking grand design knows who you are and where your shit is, but like your audience doesn't, you know what I mean? And do they realize how dangerous that is that they have this like portal to the world that you could be oversharing. Um, and it's like something we used to all care about a lot more because we used to joke about it thinking like, oh, ha, 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 we'll never really have to deal with this. We've had too many movies to show how bad it is when one system has everything in its grasp. But then here we are. They created Facebook and everyone's like, here, throw my pictures of everything up there. Here's a picture of my car and my license plate. Here's a picture of my title for whatever reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, hey, here's my screenplay I've been working on. Like, yeah, all right, dude, throw everything up there. Fuck it, whatever. I mean, although first it was MySpace. MySpace was a little bit... MySpace was perfect. 
Yeah, it was reserved enough for the entertainment shit. Like, it was like, hey, what are you doing? I'm putting a bunch of animated pot leaves in the background of my thing. Okay. And then I have a player on there that's got music going. So when you show up to my place, it's like a party in Dave's room. Yes, where... dude. MySpace was so... Because you get to share your vibe, not just, like, photos of you. And Yeah, Facebook is like the sterile Apple store of yes. uh, the same thing. But here's what's scary about what you're saying, right? Because, yes, we're giving up so much and it's kind of something to be concerned about. Or is it, right? Like, if we decided, as a whole people, right, we're going to disconnect. We, we, we are tired of how brainwashed we are. We're tired of giving information, of them manipulating our thoughts, of everything being over-politicized. We're going to go back to the old school way. No internet. We're not, okay. What are we going to notice that's been buried and it's going to be way more fucking horrifying that the internet was just protecting us from? Um, that's a good question. I do know that the only times I could think of that I could relate to what that might be like are times when like I've had to take my computer before I had also a laptop and take it to the Apple store because like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Every time I try to play video on this, it crashes and they're like, oh, shit, man. Yeah, a chip went bad on your motherboard and we don't make those chips anymore. So we got to... um we basically got to get you a new computer. We'll swap over your hard drive. It's going to take like two or three days. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. And for those two or three days, I legitimately felt like I was stranded on a fucking deserted island. I was like, what? God, what's going on here? Like, like, and my, you know, it was, it was, this is back in like probably 2007, 2008. So it was pre everybody, everybody, everybody has smartphones. It was beginning of the iPhone one explosion. So I think my razor at the time wasn't really cutting it as a replacement for a computer. I think maybe my PS three came close, but I didn't have Netflix and all that other shit at that time. I don't think it was like I had my Blu-rays and I had my video games and it's like, it really was a full on like, dude, most of my day is made up of just sitting at the fucking computer even if I'm not really using it, but I'm at least sitting at it, kind of half paying attention to it. That's weird, and, right? Like, it feels like you're doing something even when you're doing Like, hold it. Think, just imagine fucking Instagram, dude. You don't have to do shit. You don't have to like shit. You don't give a fuck about anything that shows up. You follow people, forget you follow them, see them again. You're like, oh, yeah, that fucking guy. And you don't care, right? Nobody gives a shit about anything on Instagram. But. Has that stopped you from scrolling through all the shit you couldn't give less fucks about? Yeah, possibly. The other thing with that is the weirdness of that constant feed as far as Instagram is concerned. And I found this recently was a, a thing. If you don't immediately, the minute you see it, and this is, I guess, also with Snapchat. Snapchat's a whole other fucking weird world. If you don't immediately, the minute you see something like like it and send it either to yourself or to somebody else. Good luck finding it again. <laughs> I noticed that there was like, I tried to find, okay, and especially too about video games, you'll definitely appreciate this one. There are two different accounts that posted videos recently using the golden eye from N64 pause music as like the focus of the video. And like the first one, which I think is the more funny of the two is this guy kind of sticks his head in the room and goes, hey, so how are we doing with that pause music for a GoldenEye uh, crossover game for N64? Now, this is a movie translation game to the home console, so we need something kind of peppy for the pause, but, you know, like, what do we got? And the guy just goes, 
what about this? And he pushes a button on his computer and it starts playing the, the pause music. And like, it's just like the camera keeps going back and forth between the two guys. And like, they both start vibing and like dancing and going crazy more and more because it's fucking amazing music. Right. And then there's another video by a different group, but a similar name. So I don't know if it's like friends or a son or a relation. And they did one where it's the same guy playing three or four different parts and it's the different musicians recording the music for the pause music for for GoldenEye. And it's like they're all kind of like, you know, first it's like there's like the guy playing the main keyboard part that like the the really slow part. Then there's another guy who's got like the drums going like and then there's another guy with a fucking pot, like an overturned soup pot for the Pong. So when it's like boom, boom, do, 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 do. and then this other guy comes in with the keyboard for the lead, and he's got like a leather jacket on and a fedora <laughs> hat, and he starts dropping the heat, and everybody else just starts looking at him like, whoa, you know, and it's like, and all of a sudden the whole jam takes on a new vibe because everybody's like, wow, you know, like, like, I don't know you've, if you've ever been in bands before, but like when somebody, like, when everybody's kind of like stuck in a rut or just kind of like, all right, we found a nice groove. What are we going to do with this? And then like a lead guitar player comes in or somebody comes in on an on a instrument and starts really like dropping like this is what the real riff is. You Everybody all of a sudden like gets hard from it. You know, like we're all like, oh, God, this is awesome. You know, like that pretty well created in this video by some dude on Instagram. I should probably be shouting these people out. Let me go to my Instagram and find it while we're talking about Have it. Have you ever been in a band? I've been in a couple bands. I've been in uh, through high school and college. Same, not college, but through high school and uh, grade school. I was actually in pretty young bands, but the early years of high school as well, I was in a couple of bands. What do you play? I play bass and I do vocals. Uh, sometimes I just do vocals and sometimes I just do bass. Um, but yeah, or initially it was bass playing in, uh, in high school because I figured... It, for my fat fingers, four strings is a little bit easier to deal with than six, but I can still play cool shit. And everybody learns how to play guitar, and there's a serious shortage of bass players out there. So if I ever got into a band, I'd be pretty hard to get kicked out of. So <laughs> I'd be like, all right, that's kind of a safe bet. Um, and I do, I just wound up liking it a lot. Like, I thought bass was pretty badass. That's pretty cool, man. I uh I used to do keyboards and Oh nice. Yeah, eventually I would be that guy showing up in the leather jacket with a fedora. Can you imagine? Hell no, Matt Corny looking. But um I'm I uh, it to you right now. Did I send it to you already? Possibly not. Where'd you send it to me? On Instagram. I just sent it to you this second, but I don't know if I'd ever sent it to you before or not. I will check right. And then I'll send you the other one. But uh So like one is like wilder um fuck oh no it's willie j one two three four is the first one and then the other one is dad dot wilder so i don't know i thought for some reason that they might be similar or like the same person or some shit but they're not (laughs) anyway good looking out guys using that golden eye pause music as like the fucking basis for your video because that shit was epic and golden eye was probably like you know the granddaddy of all modern first person shooters and even just like well i got a question for you then video games you know you ever play perfect dark Oh, I was going to say, but Perfect Dark, which was a clone. <laughs> yes, it was entirely based on that one level in the bathroom of GoldenEye. Yes. And they just like, this was so good. We're going to base a game, a spinoff, 
a totally unrelated game based on that one fucking bathroom scene. Same exact mechanics, but what they also did, which um, Nintendo, which uh, GoldenEye didn't do, was you could play a game with four players and four additional bots. And the bots could be at varying levels of AI difficulty. And it was like, we had this one friend who was like, there was this one summer where like, yeah, our buddy Pat, he took the N64 home and he's been playing this shit like all night long. Like he plays against the Sims set on like the highest level. He's faster than the Sims now. You can't play with Pat anymore. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know what? That kind of shit ruins these kind of games. Shit, am I Pat, bro? That's what I was doing too. <laughs> I was out here just because I didn't have anybody to play with. So I was just fucking shitting on the computers more aggressively. And as soon as I got too good, well, time to bring up the difficulty. Yeah, yeah, dude. I've actually been recently kind of dipping a toe in the water to living that way with um, Rocket League because uh, ever since I got the PS5, I figured one of the awesome things about also having a PSN account is the, or the PS, the PSN that you had a free game every month. Yeah, you one had of, two free games. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I figured, all right, there's all this kind of free shit. So I've been downloading, even though a bunch of them are PS4 games, I downloaded like Hitman 2 and I'd never played Rocket League before. I was like, all right, let me check this out. I was like, this is fun as shit. Like, this is like fucking cool as hell. Oh, yeah, it's dude. Hard. I, well, I guess it is kind of hard. I was about to make a comparison, but it's totally unfair because I'm like godly at video games. But like when it comes to Rocket League, I fucking make people rage quit. Oh, I could I could totally see that, dude, because there are people I've played I've strictly only played in the casual section. I refuse to go oh, competitive. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I destroy casual is already competitive <laughs> enough. Yeah, dude, no, I destroy ranked rooms, bro. I that's why I don't play the game. I like challenges and when I'm just this that's my same problem with Call of Duty, you know? Like I jump yeah. in and Call of Duty. In fact, I'll tell you a story of what happened with Cold War, and this is why I didn't even buy what I don't even Van Van Vanguard is whatever the fuck, I don't care. But so Cold War came out, right? I was already playing Modern Warfare. I hadn't bought a Call of Duty in maybe like five years because I'm like, this shit's too easy. People online suck. I'm over it. Yeah. And so <laughs> I eventually got uh, Modern Warfare because they came back to boots on ground. I got uh, World War II and then World War II led to Modern Warfare. And I'm like, okay, fine, fine, great. But Cold War comes out and I bought it and they aimed towards a significantly more arcadey feel. So everything moves faster and uh, everything is more powerful which is a problem if I'm already a running gunner who runs around with a submachine gun that you made a, a light machine gun fully like something I could run and gun with. So you gave me the strongest gun in the game, and I can run the way I was running around with a submachine gun. My first match, you can only get 75 kills, I believe. And it, it might have been 100, I'm not entirely sure. But I remember getting 65 kills, and I'm like, who the f do I not have a team? How the hell did I get this many fucking kills? <laughs> Where are the other people dying? Am I killing everybody? Exclu Did the timer run out? I don't even understand. Jesus Christ. So I Yo, played it once and deleted it. The whole, the, the, to me, the world of first-person shooters, especially uh, the ones that are sort of kind of require you to be playing them online because there almost is no game without the online component. Like Warzone right now you could download for free. I think for the last two months it's been a free game on PSN. No, and Warzone has always been free. What? Warzone has always been free. Oh, really? Uh, we'll see. Like, yeah, I, I only really started looking into it when I was like, all right, I spent money I didn't have to get the PS5. I can't be dropping money on games for the PS5, unfortunately. Although I did just order um, fucking uh, 
Horizon 2 Forbidden West. Oh, shit. Yep. And what the fuck? I get an email from Sony that says, hey, uh, is it because I ordered it? It was it was sort of like there's a contest to you get entered into a fucking drawing to possibly win like a gift pack of Forbidden West. And all you have to do is beat Zero Dawn and you're in. And I'm like, well, I already did that. Like, And it said in fine print, if you've already beaten it. Now that you've signed in and like linked this with your PSN account, um, you're entered into the thing. If they find it in your trophies or whatever, like you know, if they see it on your account, so who knows? I'm, I'm definitely getting a copy. Maybe I'll win a copy with a whole bunch of other special shit. But I'm thinking, you know, that game touched on things that could be leading to the true explanation of the um, pandemic virus being either extraterrestrial. AI, extraterrestrial AI, something along those lines. Like, I kind of feel like I'm wondering what that next level is going to be that they take it to in that second game. Did because... Wait, wait, wait. Did you see the trailer that dropped in the last couple of days? Fuck, fuck no. I have not seen the trailers. Dude, trailer. it's a story trailer. Oh, shit. All right, because I remember the last thing I know from the story was at the very end of the credits from the first one is when the guy uh, who was sort of helping you the whole time has this, like, lantern that the spirit from the giant robot that you killed fucking... Yes, he went into Hades, the uh, the destruction robot. Yes, yes, Hades. Well, goes into the fucking thing, and he's like, you know, they're going to partner up in the second game. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, listen, listen. Okay, 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 okay. Before you get to what happened in the second game, Let's let's talk about this real quick. I just had this conversation literally yesterday after watching the trailer. And you <laughs> tell me what you think about what I'm about to say. Okay. Gaia runs all the computer programs, as you remember. Mm-hmm. And then Hades is one of the computer programs, as you remember. Right. The purpose of Hades is if shit goes wrong, it's a fail switch. It's supposed to make everything cancel out, destroy everything, and hit reset. Right? But, but it, like, like really received, like was resetting the... Fu- like Yeah, it's supposed to reset everything. Everything back to zero, and then we start the whole create humanity all over again. Again. Now, the problem being, humans got a hold of controlling machines, which wasn't part of the programming. It wasn't part of the intention. You shouldn't be able to control the machines. My theory is that triggered Hades. So Hades is actually the good guy in the story because uh, Gaia is supposed to allow Hades to do... He's the only thing that could overthrow Gaia is Hades if Hades believes this is the moment that I was programmed for. But Gaia was actively trying to fight Hades taking over. Meaning, Gaia's the bad guy because humans took over. They were starting to slowly destroy the world all over and Hades was supposed to prevent that from fucking happening. Gaia mm. was stopping it. You're following Gaia. You're the bad guy. Huh. Wow. Interesting. You know, there's been this sort of shift in the concepts in the zeitgeist lately where, you know, for an entire portion of a story, you think one person's the bad guy and one person's the good guy. And then all of a sudden you learn this new crucial piece of information and suddenly everything is flipped or more realistically everything is gray and there is no good guy and bad guy it's just everybody with different points of view and different levels of information but that whole concept of like what if this whole time you've been working thinking you were the good guy and it was actually 
helping the bad guy. And now you're going to have to like undo shit you did, or you're going to have to. Now there is stuff that when I think about the first game, they were still, I think either, uh, or they foundries, those things that we had to find where they would be creating each of the different kinds of robotic species. Like, I think they were foundries. I never discovered. Yeah. yeah. There was some... a bunch of like factory things. Yeah. You're totally right. Yeah, like I remember in my list of accomplishments, there was like, even though I beat the game, I'm like, I never found how many of these? And I'm like, well, where the fuck were they? Oh, no, so, I platinum the shit out of that game. I know, I know, I know. I got to go back and at least try to do a little bit more. But I also uh, recently purchased Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, people and... like it. I got over Assassin's Creed maybe like 10 games ago. Well, this one's very different from uh, the other ones that I remember playing. Like the last one I actually played Assassin's Creed was um, what was Assassin's Creed 2, I guess. And I didn't even play it very much. Um, because that was like one of the last games I got for Xbox 360 before I started to kind of shift to being more of a Sony loyalist. Um, and, uh, they didn't, I did not start with that on PS3. I think maybe I had Brotherhood and I never played it. What? And... <laughs> Brotherhood is, Assassin's Creed 1 and Brotherhood are arguably the best in the series. I love Assassin's Creed 1. Um, but so far... In Valhalla, there's only been one mention of the Animus. I haven't seen the Animus. I haven't seen much of the future world at all. The only thing is that when I die, you know, you get that little, you know, we're in the Yeah, no, world. you are, you've missed a lot. I recommend you definitely YouTube what's happened because the Animus has stopped being mentioned. We don't know if we are no longer in memories and just hanging out in the past or whatever the fuck, just seeing different scenarios. It's unknown. They completely abandoned the story of Desmond. Oh, Jesus. All right, well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of got the sense that they were loosely tying some of that sort of greater story together outside of what you do in the history moments in these games. But for what it's worth of not knowing anything about it and going into this one cold, there are these two female voices discussing um, when it first goes offline and you have to choose and they kind of seem to be making a big deal. Do you want to be a male or a female character or does it not matter to you and you could change back and forth as the game goes? And I'm like, why is this even being made part of my video game experience? Like, Because maybe your gender pronouns matter to you, man. I what if guess. you want to be a Zed and they give you a guy? Aren't you offended? Don't you want to flip a table and just go stand in front of... Who the fuck made that game? Stand in front of their office, Ubisoft, and be like, <laughs> you fucking assholes. I'm a Zed. How dare you? But you also got to gain like 50 pounds and color your hair blue? Yeah, no, it was sort of like one of those things where I was just like, oh, look at this. Well, I'm just going to go with being the dude because that's what's on the cover of the box, I guess. You know, like, I literally could care less. I didn't know that there was a possibility in this game of being a female character. And I don't want my choice to be somehow held against me in a court of law down the road. If it is, I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. <laughs> no, no, I got a question for you. Have you played The Last of Us 2? What? Have you Which played one? The Last of Us 2? Uh, no, I've not played Last of Us 2. What else have I not played that I know is a, a huge overlook? I haven't played... I, you know, it's like one of those things where I'm like a weird gamer. I get into these like phases where I'll just play one game for a while, and it's a game that was on the periphery of everything. Like, 
for a while I was obsessed with Empire of Sin for like a month and a half, two months. There was like some time last year where I was really focusing all my energy on the Mad Max game for a while. Um, in the last couple of days, this recent one during my uh, bout with COVID and the the cold that was hanging on afterwards, I dusted off um, Shadow of War, Middle Earth Shadow of War. And uh, talk about, you know... One thing to be said for the oddity of the way I, I do this, where I have all these games that are at various levels of completion, it's like, I haven't played Shadow of War in literal years. And I came into it going like, well, I'm at a certain amount of progress, but I have no idea what the fuck I was doing anymore. And like, it took me a good like half a day to kind of like get back into the, oh, okay, this is what's going on, and I gotta do that, and I gotta take that castle out, gotcha. You know what I mean? It was sort of like, oh, fuck. But there's something fun about that, too, because it almost makes the game feel new again when you pick it up after a while. And then you realize right away, oh, yeah, I remember liking this. Or if it's like new again and hard or new again and not fun, instantly you're like, oh, fuck this game. Okay, I got <laughs> two things. Two things. One, have you at least played The Last of Us 1? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, okay. definitely play The Last of Us 2 and we got to talk immediately after you do that. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, go in, don't Google anything, don't search anything. You get the game. You go in okay. blind, and when you you don't quit, you're not allowed to quit. A lot of people quit. Really? A lot of people quit. Do not quit. You make it through the game, and then you come talk to me. I promise you, depending on how much you liked part one, you're going to be angry or sad or something. And that's why uh, people got totally deterred. Their emotions were fucked with straight through this shit. Because you were talking about before gray areas. There is yeah, I no. Saying, I might have an inkling about what you're referring to. Yeah, no, it's the grayest of all grays that have ever existed. You don't know where you stand at any moment relative to anything, and they're showing you how everybody's good and everybody's bad, and you got to make that decision at the end. And I want you, without telling you anything, to play through the whole thing and tell me where you stand. All right. Second all right. thing, which is also a conversation I had yesterday, that now you're talking about returning to a game. And. Uh, I was playing Alienation yesterday, and I oh, wow. went in... Have you ever heard of that game? Uh, no, no. Okay, so I went into the... For the first time ever, I went to the tutorial level, which was an interest... I had to stop in the middle of... I didn't even play the tutorial level yet. I clicked on it, and then I was like, it's weird that I didn't do this at all while playing the game original. I just jumped in and figured it out as I was going through, right? But now I'm really far in the game, but I haven't played it in a while, and I'm fighting really high-level things. So I'm like, let me refresh, go find out what to do, go to the tutorial. And I, had, I suddenly had the revelation that that tutorial was not meant to be played at the beginning of the game, which then blew my fucking mind, because I thought about all the tutorials you can skip, but you feel obligated to do because so many games have programmed you to do the tutorial at the beginning. But well, the game is going to show you while playing. There are some times you do need a tutorial, like because like there are some games that just set up, hey, this is our weird fucking control structure for this game, and you can't change it. I know that's been like an option in games forever, but on ours, sorry, we saved that room for shit we wanted later in the game, so you can't change the controls. And you're like, all right, good. Well, then show me the fucking tutorial so I know how to do this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's see, but that I makes sense. Usually, games like that force you to do the tutorial at the beginning. Right. But when you get the choice to do the tutorial, it's probably because the game is so easy to understand in the early levels that you don't need a tutorial. 
I mm. think those tutorials are intentionally designed so that if you leave the game and come back uh. and you would get destroyed going right back where you left off because it's too far in, that you can yeah. just refresh and be right back where you left off. Yeah, that's actually a pretty... Some of these games now, too, are including achievements that you can't get without completing the tutorials. So, you know, it's just on you to decide how much... Uh, like, even what kind of gamer you are. And I know one of the things I was looking at, too... What game was it where I was starting the game and it was like, okay, what kind of game are you here for? Are you more... Oh, it must have been Valhalla, where they're like... More story you, or more action? Yeah, more challenge? More action, more adventure. You know, do you want there to be more markers on the maps for more more things for you to do? Do you want... I, I, I do, for the first time ever. This is now where I'm starting to feel old. It was like, give me large icons. <laughs> increasing the size of everything. Increasing the size of the font for the fucking subtitles. <laughs> increasing... I'm like, oh, God, man, my eyes are going... Um, it's just getting harder to read. There's another game I was playing called Observer System Redux, and it was the same thing. I had to make all the fucking texts bigger. Observer? Make... You mean that's the one where you're the computer in an alien spaceship? In a spaceship, you're the you're the AI of a ship. No, this is Rucker Hauer played this character. He actually was like the last project he was involved with before he passed away. May excuse me, may he rest in peace. And it's very Blade Runner-ish. Um, but you're a detective that has a whole lot of uh, cybernetic enhancements to your body. And one of the things that you're part of is this bureau of what they call observers where you can go to a murder, like a crime scene, and you can plug a cable from your brain into the into the neural implants of the people that died and sort of relive or, or kind of go through their mind and try to piece together what happened. But of course they do a lot of like crazy weird mazes and kind of puzzles and stuff. Cause these people, half of them are like drug addicts and shit. You're, you're kind of trapped in this building that's on lockdown. And until you sort of figure out what's going on and who's been killing people in the building, you can't get out. And, uh, it's it, at first I was a little disappointed because some of the voice performance from Rucker Howard sounds like they recorded this like right after he must have had a stroke or something. Like it really, <laughs> fuck? it feels like when when they say this is the last project he was a part of before he passed away, like it you like believe reminds it. you he was dead. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> like you feel it playing it. Like yeah, this was definitely God the last damn it, one. Dude, did he even know he recorded this, or are you just taking bits and pieces of recordings and pulling them together like as some former case? GB guy working in the audio design of this game because it is a mostly Russian produced game. A lot of the names in the credits were Russian. I think the studio is Russian. I don't even know what studio created it. It is one of the PS5 exclusives though, and it was not expensive. So um, it was, and it was, I was like, oh, Rector Howard, it looks cool. I'm not a big first person shooter guy, and it is first person perspective, but it's like, it reminds me of like, you remember a game from original Nintendo called Deja Vu? I don't. Oh, my God. I need to fucking find this. I have one of those emulators. I got to see if it's on there, but I doubt it is. It was kind of like a film noir detective game. I never got very far in it, but you definitely are like you wake up in the bathroom stall of a boxing gym in like the 30s and you have complete amnesia and don't know who you are. Like you look in the mirror and you don't know who you are. And 
like you have keys to a car in your pocket and there's a car parked outside and if you start the car it explodes you know what i mean like so then you have to start over and this time you don't start the car you look in the trunk and i think you find a picture in the trunk and you're trying to find some girl who knows you but then you turn around and a guy is mugging you and you punch him in the face and then he comes back with a black guy he tries to mug you again later you punch him in the face again and all this is like um dynasty warrior like like it's all turn-based what that would i totally a hundred percent would have never in a million years seen a dynasty warrior gameplay attached to what you're telling me this shit was that's like weird dude it just had a vibe um and dude um, i was thinking like slow pace walking like some fucking silent hill-esque kind of feel you know that very slow gradual investigate no Mad enemies, fuck them all up simultaneously. Fuck it. What? It, it's I'm I'm sending it to you in the chat right now. I'll link to the fucking Wikipedia page just because like, or at least to a, a Google images so you can see like the cover of the game and what the graphics look like. And I know like when this guy comes to mug you a third time, if you try to punch him in the face again, he shoots you. So you can't. You have to give him your money. There's like a casino nearby that you can go in. And one time I was playing with a friend and we made a bunch of money on roulette and we're able to buy a bunch of bullets for the gun that we get. Um, and then like, I know you go into the sewer and there's an alligator in the sewer. So if you don't have the gun, when you get down there, you get eaten by the alligator. So you have to like, you have to like, basically through trial and error like so many old video games especially for nintendo where you have to kind of figure your way through slight progress of the game um but it just like because it was this like dick tracy type you know film noir detective-y thing i've always had like uh i guess sort of like an urge to find the next gen console version of something like that so this game shadow run on super nintendo or nintendo yeah it was super nintendo you know I like these sort of games had that feel. Um, Parasite Eve almost a little bit on PlayStation 1. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm fucking making any sense or not. No, but. no, no. What what brought... I'm just baffled by how obscure the games you play are. <laughs> it's like, they are really... Everybody knew about this game when it came out. Man. Really? <laughs> like, I've never... And all you yeah, made me like think about... It, you just made me think about the most obscure game that I have ever played. And, like, I was very in tuned and playing it all the time. This is back when Blockbuster was a thing. And yeah. uh, I w used to rent, um, what the hell is it called? Violent 8. You ever, you ever seen that game? Or Vigilant 8. It was one of those two names. Vigilant 8, yes. I remember that. You remember game. that game? Like, really obscure. Hover. Just cars, right? Just cars with guns. It was basically twisted mm -hmm. metal. Yeah. But now, not as is like in this show. I'm watching this British show called Fresh Meat. The guy's like, you know, less well known and you know less advanced, and therefore superior. <laughs> it's like a less known version of Minecraft with less functionality and less impressive graphics, therefore superior. That's the logic that happened in um, Come Pal Enter the Fist when the guy got the shit beat out of him, and he's like, "I'm bleeding, therefore I am the victor." Like, what the yeah. fuck, dude? <laughs> like, what? I love Enter the Fist, man. That movie's so, like, that's the most stoner of all stoner films. Yeah, dude. Or Kung Pao. Yeah, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Oh. That shit's ridiculous, right? Fucking Betty, the, the evil villain. With Chosen. His fucking... Chosen. Wee -oo, wee -oo, wee -oo. 
right, blue claws. All right, red claws. All oh right, no, blue. the fucking when his when both of his arms went limp because they hit him with a fucking. He, they they fucking stunned his arm, so he was like a paralyzer, and then he swings yes. his floppy ass arm at somebody. Oh god! Well, that was that was because what's his name, Odenkirk, Steve Odenkirk, uh, was famous for this thing he had done on Star Search, which for all the kids at home was another TV show back in the day, where people who wanted it, it was like it was like American Idol, but it wasn't just about singing. You could kind of go on there and do any of your stupid tricks or talents that you had, and his thing used to be he'd be wearing like this like zip up coat or a long sleeve shirt and he would be doing dancing like kind of break dancing ish type stuff and all of a sudden like a third arm would come out of the bottom of the jacket and then like a fourth arm and it was he was doing a combination of his real arms and these floppy arms spinning around and shit so i know that for how the kung pao enter the fist has survived the test of time far more than steve odenkirk's original performances on star search so just for some knowledge drop out there for folks who are like oh yeah why was he doing the floppy arms thing i'm like well you know for anybody who knows odenkirk he needed to get that on film somewhere see <laughs> you educated me on that one i had no idea that that's the reasoning behind that it's fucking, you know, it's probably one of those things that he kind of, he might even hear this and be like, well, that's not really why I did it, but I'm glad somebody saw me on Star Search who's still alive. <laughs> it's like, yeah, who remembers that Star Search was a thing. Now, I got a question for you and a question that is only for you because I literally don't care about anybody else's opinion relative to this topic. <laughs> All right. Word. Which is... The fifth one is happening, or the fourth one, right? Of the, the four tricks. Oh, I've I've seen it. You've seen it. I knew you've seen it. I know you saw it like either the day, the yeah, week, dude. instantaneously. <laughs> I, well, I it was also on HBO Max, so I I was able to watch it from the comfort of my own home, <laughs> able to enjoy all the herbal refreshments I could get my hands on, and uh, watch. So, where do we thing. stand on this? Um, I, you know, I initially liked it on my first viewing. Um, I felt like it was a little bit of that, like, breath of fresh air feeling from the first time you watch Force Awakens. You're like, oh, look, people who, like, want it to feel like Star Wars again. Um, you know, before it got really, everybody started getting all, you know, up in a fucking tizzy about it. Um. Wait, what? The tizzy about what? Oh, Force Awakens. Oh, like, okay, I don't. Uh, I was thinking Star Wars. Star, oh, Star yeah, Wars. I was thinking yeah. Matrix. I'm like, what the fuck yeah, did they forget Matrix, about that for? <laughs> Matrix. There really was no tizzy. It's like then I watched it again with my sister and brother-in-law, and within the first like ten minutes of it, I heard my brother-in-law lean over to my sister and go, "This is fucking stupid." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit. I guess it is kind of dumb. Maybe when you're stoned, things seem cooler because you're like, oh wow, new Matrix. Like I liked the opening scene. I thought it was like, oh, this is kind of cool." That's not how I remember that happening. Oh, they're immediately addressing that because everybody who saw the first one is going to be like, that's not how I remember that happening. And there were like a lot of cool little throwbacks to that. I think it suffered mostly from the fact that neither um, neither Lawrence Fishburne came back as Morpheus nor Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith. And with what they did to compensate for that, I feel like only works if one of those guys didn't come back, but the other did. And it could be either one. But to have it be both feels kind of like, 
This just isn't connecting. They even drop frames from the original movie in so that you know when he's talking to the new Agent Smith that it's supposed to be Hugo Weaving. You know what I mean? And we're like, ah, that would have worked so much better if Hugo Weaving came back. Interesting, (laughs) because I know the guy who plays Morpheus was also not there, right? He, he's not what? Like, the guy who plays Morpheus is not in the movie. Well, Lawrence Fishburne, who played the original Morpheus, is not in the movie. And to be fair, in the canon of the story, he, his character, Morpheus, actually got killed off uh, in the Enter the Matrix MMORPG that was online for a while. You have blown my fucking mind right now. It's like the canonical death of Morpheus. So for Morpheus to come back in this one, um, the sort of like... uh, cheapo you know way they were doing it where it's like oh you know neo created a sort of like like morpheus was like a code that exists more than a fucking person and uh neo was able to kind of create this like amalgamation of him and smith and then create this little modal or whatever the fuck they call it which is kind of like a little okay look i've never seen this movie but i got a question for you and oh, we've you talked about the... no 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 like like I don't give a shit. No, I don't give a fuck because the I, the reason I need I needed to talk to you about it is because I know you did. And th- there's a really simple idea that you're kind of almost touching on right now. Uh huh. Okay. You're telling me that Morpheus is pretty much just a code that exists. Is and like spoilers for anybody fucking who gives a shit about this, but like fuck your opinion. Um, if if you you who did watch this right, did you see them? talk about the world like it's all code like like there is no outside they've never been outside even what they thought was this paradise outside of the matrix was like we talked about before the red pill just puts you in the other illusion no they do talk their way around what's going on here because we did see the the real world is the machine world where neo sacrificed himself and trinity died in the in the crash of the third movie what they do is in this new relaunched version of the matrix where neo and trinity have been reinserted um they explain at some point how he's back to life how basically the machines resurrected them hence the matrix resurrections and how they were also necessary codes. Their source codes were necessary for the Matrix to work because the Matrix is really a power, you know, generation system, right? So the uh, amount of energy that any one particular, I guess, uh, they don't really, now that I think about it, they don't define. Like, Neil Patrick Harris's character is kind of like he replaces the architect from the original Matrix. And he created a new Matrix that is more power, is putting out more power in the robot world than the previous one was. And that's because Neo's source code is in there and in close proximity to uh, Trinity's source code. But if they ever come together, then it's almost like it takes us back to oh our minds are rebelling and like we're too powerful for the computer and like we're in the matrix and we could tell and we can manipulate it no blah 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 blah, blah, blah. be superheroes again they do this really cool thing though where to keep neo like 
disguised, you know, to keep the illusion of him just being a computer programmer um, for all these things that he's going to be kind of remembering all the time, the sort of flashbacks, he wound up creating a trilogy of video games that were the first three movies, Matrix 1, 2, and 3. And um, they even use, like, when he goes to meet the new Morpheus to take the red pill again to get pulled out of the matrix again <laughs> they take him to the same theater and they have on a big screen they're projecting the the um scene from the first movie from when he met morpheus the first time and it's like it's like it's interesting you know like i kind of i can see where a lot of the criticism out there is coming from and they do make some heavy-handed uh, mentions of, well, maybe you're thinking about it in too much of a binary fashion, or maybe there's a less binary way of looking at this. And I'm like, kind of feel like you're shoveling that conversation piece of a starter phrase in there, but whatever, <laughs> you know, it's it's your movie. So, like, it doesn't hold a candle, basically. Not to the first movie at all. It's fun, though, and it actually kind of felt it breathed enough fresh air into it that if they were going to make another movie, I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm on board for another trilogy as long as it ends better than the first one did. But, like, you know, the new characters they introduce are okay. The sort of new Morpheus is weird. The new Smith doesn't really work. It's the guy from um, Mindhunter on Netflix, the uh, younger detective. Um, he's playing a new, a new code that has, you know, incorporated the previous iteration of Smith, but now has a new appearance the way, the same way that the Oracle changed appearances between movies two and three. It's so fucking complicated. Yeah. It's a little nuts. Uh, unfortunately on that note, I have to hit the road, my friend. No problem, dude. It is always fucking amazing to talk to you, dude. I, I love having you here. It's always the shit. You you are the person with the best conversations. I love having you on, man. It is always great to have you here. Well, thank you, man. It's an honor. And this is my first um, official podcasting of any kind for 2022. So um, thank you very much, man, for the invite. And I'm hoping to come back a lot more this year, maybe than I have been in the last two years, because life is a lot different and it should be more like this. Yeah, man. There's going to yeah. be plenty of stuff to talk about, too. You know, like Yes, the play The Last of Us. Write that down or something. We have a conversation as soon as you're done. And do you have anything to plug, anything at all? Feel free to throw that out there. Uh, you know, just kind of, you know, I know the feeds have been cold. We did have a Christmas video that came out on our Facebook page and on our Instagram and on our YouTube. And, uh, you know, so there are things in the works, like I always say. Um, but the diehards know that, uh, that when it comes back, it'll be, it'll be choice. But I, I do want to drop the words tangent and city next to yes. each other. Yes. Fuck yes. Uh, <laughs> There's been something percolating that I know is the next iteration of how Tangent City is going to come together. And I just like, uh, it's funny, I, I ran into the actress Diane Salinger at New Jersey Harcon in November. And the first thing she said to me when we started talking was, you need to get back to writing. I hear things, I know things about people when I meet them, and, and there's something telling me you need to get back to writing. So I was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden this idea started percolating a couple days later. So 
something's about to happen. But there's also been, you know, I've been doing a lot of work with G. Tom Mack out in L.A. He's the, for those of you who don't know, the Cry Little Sister songwriter from the Lost Boys movie. And uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. So we're going to be going to a lot of horror conventions this year. It's the 35th anniversary of that movie. And he has another movie he's writing. So there's like stuff that I'm kind of out in L.A. for that is going to become bigger as the year goes on. Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking awesome. I'm I'm always excited for everything you're doing. You do so many fucking things at the same time. I have no idea how your brain doesn't explode. Word. Well, I, I'm hoping my new therapist can help me figure that out, too, because there are days I don't understand how it doesn't happen either. But, uh, you know, it's cool to then come and hang out for a couple hours and talk about the world the way we do. I think stuff like that helps, you know, and hopefully there's people out there that are helped by hearing other people talk about it. And they don't just have to be afraid of it themselves in their rooms, just with their thoughts bouncing around their yes, own heads. People need to learn to just exercise their thoughts the way we do. Like, sure, shit might be scary, but we're not going to sit and cry about it. We just come and have fun it is what it is yeah man you gotta face this shit it's gonna happen it's gonna happen exactly <laughs> dude it is what it is what the fuck can we do about it yeah man when your time comes you can't turn and run there's nowhere to go just That's life right there right the if it's coming for you it's coming for you yeah, man, it is going to be what it is going to be. Hopefully, I'm still hoping that, you know, if aliens or whatever is going to be the end, that maybe we'll have a chance for, like, superheroes and vampires and werewolves to be real also right before it all goes kaput. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, man, you got to listen to rambling. <laughs> You're going to be in love. <laughs> oh, man. But I appreciate you being here always, dude. You are my favorite guest you are the most consistent guest we make sure you're on here every season we're opening season six with you you are part of this show always man you are always welcome you know that dude well thank you thank you hopefully we don't set the the fear bar too high for the first episode but you know what 2022 we'll see what lines up you know i mean be... it is what it is the world is ending everybody run around and kill the first person you see it is what it is there could be scarier stuff on the way, and this could be mild by comparison. So, you know, keep it locked in here. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. If something horrible happens, we're going to scare it into you. Yeah, man, we already blew up Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got so much to fill you up on. <laughs> work. You, awesome. You're going to go down the rabbit hole, and hopefully you enjoy the ride, because we've dragged you along even if you didn't know what was happening. Hey, man, that, that's that's great. <laughs> I'm happy to hear it. Word. I appreciate you very much, man. Enjoy your evening very much. And you know I'm going to harass you for the rest of eternity. So uh, take care, man. I'll talk to you pretty soon, probably in a couple of minutes, actually. Yeah, man. No worries. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Deuces. The Just Conversation podcast is hosted by Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor, and published by GreatThoughts.info. Art by Zero Lupo, and logo by Seth McAllister, with social media managed by Amber Black.